Welcome to episode six of Cast Me to Hell. I'm Seb. And I'm Robbie. And this week we will be giving you our alternative Halloween recommendations. So we know Halloween is on Saturday. It's uh, at the end of this week. And we thought, why don't we put together a couple of Halloween recommendations for you guys. However, with a bit of a Cast Me to Hell twist. And we're talking no big hitters here. Yes. None of those common films that you'll see on every list. None of those films that probably just about everybody's seen and films that were huge box office hits. So pretty much means that majority of the population has seen those films already. <laughs> yeah. um, let's start off just by discussing uh, what have we been watching this week, this couple of last couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> do you remember A Thousand Ways to Die? Yes, I do remember <laughs> A Thousand Ways to Die. I found that on Amazon recently, so I've been binging watching that. Um, <laughs> it's always pretty hilarious. Um, so if you haven't watched it, it's basically... They changed the names and the identities to kind of protect, protect the people who are in it. But it's just people who kind of die in really weird and almost like stupid ways. So yeah. you have like people who try to do their own home surgeries like one dude trying to do his home liposuction <laughs> he ended up ripping out his intestines you know you get like people playing around with acid and all yeah. kinds of like weird stuff i used to have a book of these i can't remember what the is there's a certain award that they give to it for uh, darwinism the, award. The Dar yeah. yeah the darwinism award and um yeah i remember i used to love that book there were ones like where a terrorist bomber had sent an envelope bomb to uh to a president and uh he'd done the wrong address so it got sent back to him <laughs> and then he opens the bomb yeah but there was one about a um uh, a terrorist who had been captured and he was in prison and he basically he went on hunger strike for about six weeks um until he was slim enough to fit through the bars yeah. and then he escaped the prison he got back to to the, the freedom fighters he was with or the terrorists said he was with whatever we're going to call him and he basically had a massive meal with them because he hadn't eaten for like six weeks yeah. and that basically made something called like refeeding syndrome where it turned something in his blood like the fat to carbohydrates and he basically like died <laughs> and it's like and it's quite hilarious stuff like that it is um, yeah it's it is all deaths that it, although you should laugh at real life death <laughs> it is ones that are so stupid stupid yeah and so like how could you not see that that was coming like the people that rode on the in uh, san francisco rode down uh oh yeah you know down in san francisco the road down in the trash compacted bins yeah. down there and literally they crashed straight into a car and obviously when they looked inside it they were basically like mulch <laughs> <Yeah>. left inside <laughs> and it's just like come on how did you not fucking see that's going yeah in, like a huge hill plus your body if you hit anything <laughs> there's nothing to stop your body from just getting torn to pieces <laughs> yeah um i also watched maniac cop for the first time oh um, i haven't seen that yeah tom atkins uh, who just seems tom to be atkins everything again. i yeah, watch these days popping up all the time. yeah he... once he is on diddler form as he was in the other one well not diddler no, but you know just shagging no he yeah, wasn't shagging everything he looked a lot older yeah, you know he because in Halloween three season of the witch he has kind of like grey hair. No, he has like brown hair and like yeah, a brown yeah. mustache. In ha in Maniac Cop, which is like three years later, maybe he has like white hair <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and a grey mustache. So he's looking a bit mm. older. 
Maybe um, it stopped the regime. Maybe it was yeah. Yeah, in Halloween 3, he wanted to be that sex symbol that he is. Yeah, and um, <laughs> although maybe he, lack of sex makes him age. <laughs> maybe. I just realized we've already broken our rule from last week, which was don't mention anything oh, yeah. to Halloween. <laughs> we literally said that in the car, but we we're not recommending it. We're so not recommending Well, yeah, we're not re- we've done that yeah. already. Um, what have you been watching? I've been watching. Um, I've actually been watching um, on Netflix The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I'd never watched yeah. it before. Mike Flanagan, yeah, um, who a lot of you will know for Doc from Doctor Sleep or Oculus or Hush. Hush, yeah. He's done. He's done. He's built quite a repertoire now, hasn't yeah. he? And yeah, um, he also did another uh, Stephen King adaptation, Gerald's Game, which yeah. was also on Netflix. Um, I haven't actually watched that one yet. But um, I, yeah, I'd kind of put it off for a while. I'd heard it was really good, but I'd never already given it a try. But it, it is fantastic as a series. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, I didn't have that high expectation. It's a bit slow to start, so at first I was like, oh, I'm not sure. But it really does. It delves into the based on the original story, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. It builds in, it modernizes it, and it brings it into more of how the house has affected this family and how it's affected on a psychological level, how it's destroyed their lives, basically, yeah. and how it's affected them mentally and how some of them think it is just a mental condition that their whole ham- family has. And it kind of how the house kind of breaks them apart and you're kind of wondering whether they're ever going to come back together yeah. kind of thing. Okay. And uh, it like not to give anything away, obviously, but it does just really nicely lay it out across the 10 episodes that it has, and it's fantastically directed. I'll I mean, check it out, man. It's, it's obviously a ghost story, and... The best thing about this is the way that Mike Flanagan has staged it. So throughout episodes, even when it's not going to be a jump scare bit, you spot ghosts in the background. Oh, I love when they almost do that. Ev- like almost every episode, there's several ghosts just hidden around, and it's kind of one. I kind of want to rewatch it purely because just I'm to, looking. Yeah, at those. just to hunt them down. And uh, yeah, I have gone on to the next one, which has just been released, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, uh, I'm about five episodes into that. How do you, so how are you far, thinking of it so far? Cause... I'm not enjoying it as much as no. I did the first one. Because obviously, um, I do a lot of the social media stuff um, yeah so if you've spoken to us on social media it's me you've spoken to um <laughs> and yeah I've, I've heard that people are either really liking it or kind of saying it's it's a bit disappointing yeah um, so far it is but then again until i probably got to the like a lot of these series sometimes it's not until you get about halfway through and it really starts to build in some ways that it yeah like then your the mind changes when you're like, oh, so that was happening the whole time, and I didn't realize it was going on. So it is one of those where I do wonder if by the end I'll completely change my tune and be like, actually, that was that was awesome. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, some of them are a slow build. The first series, the first couple of episodes, or episodes are a slow build. Um, yeah, but yeah, it works really, really well. Um, I don't know if this new series isn't quite as strong because although it was written by Mike Flanagan, only the first episode was directed by okay. Mike Flanagan. Yeah. So and he just has such a, a keen eye for it, um, you know. And this kind of leads me into what we were going to talk about next, quite nicely, because of Night Flanagan, which was to talk about today. We are talking about the alter, a couple of alternative yeah. films that we've picked, uh, but we thought it would be nice to start off by just saying, if you are new to horror and you're kind of thinking, what should I see or what films should have you seen? There's so many different genres of horror, and I think anybody can find that they'll love it my partner loved the haunting of hill house and she's not a big horror fan yeah she's not but she really loved it because it did kind of have that it was all built into the characters and he, he i think from what i've heard and from what i've seen of mike flanagan is he puts a lot he puts lots of family and he puts yeah. a lot of that at the heart of his stuff it's it's you a, know? yeah a lot and i noticed this now that i've seen this i suddenly started thinking to his other film and one of the films uh, that i would recommend that people go and see although it's not on my list is the doc is Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I love Doctor Sleep. 
Um, I yeah. think it was probably. I think it was my favorite film of 2019. Yeah. So delving into like psychological genre, that is one. You should see The Shining. Yeah, first. you should definitely see, see the, Shining. the Shining. So if you haven't seen The Shining, <laughs> The Shining is definitely there. But as a nice combo, Doctor to Sleep works perfectly. It is a different kind of film, yeah. but it's still it's a slow build, suspenseful film like The Shining was. Uh, but it kind of takes it its own way as well, and it has some different concepts in there from the book and from the film. That he's nicely combined it, which he's really good at yeah. adaptations. And if you you know if you are new to horror and you know you're unsure you're just kind of getting getting stuck in and dipping your feet into it horror as itself has a lot of subgenres so yeah. you have you have your slasher films you know stuff like scream and halloween which we've said we won't mention and that's yeah. all we're going to mention because we're not allowed to recommend those <laughs> so you should have already watched yes yeah, so go watch you might want to go with more 90s such as uh, i still know what you did last summer Classic. you know as an alternative if we're going further back than that, you've got things like Prom Night, or I would recommend, although I'd recommend this a little bit later in this year, which is Black Christmas. Oh, yeah, always good. fantastic. Um, fam- got- I had Family as well as one of my subgenres. Oh, okay. I almost chose some family films for my list today. As in family-friendly or family-centred? Uh, family-friendly. Oh, okay. So cool. some people yeah. might be watching, they might be, i got kids, what kind of films can I watch that are horror-based for kids and things like that, you know? Uh, so I started thinking, oh, one of my recommendations originally was a film called Monster House. Um, Still haven't seen Monster House. No, which was, yeah, which was an animation when I was a kid, uh, which I saw in the cinema. And it actually, for a children's film, is really creepy about this people that keep kind of disappearing and things keep happening, weird things keep happening. The house is its own creation. It's kind yeah. of like its own its own character in the film um so that one is one that i definitely recommend for uh for families and i'd also say that one of our favorites scooby-doo oh bad scooby-doo the, yeah. the live action scooby-doo <laughs> Amazing. Uh, is just amazing yeah we both recommend that i think yeah I matthew think lillard <laughs> Ma- matthew lillard's great you have freddie prince jr you have sarah michelle geller and you have the, the woman who plays uh, uh, Velma, who I can't remember off the top uh, of my Linda head. Linda Cardellini is Linda her name. Cardellini. Yeah. And you have an animated dog. Yes. And you have the best joke of all time, which is when the villain of the film, I won't give any spoilers in case you are going to watch it with your children, says, I need the, you know, I need I need the soul or I need the blood of Scooby-Doo. And Scooby-Doo said, Scooby-Doo, don't you mean Melvin-Doo? <laughs> and then it goes to the character Melvin-Doo. And I remember when I watched that, um, I just had to send you, I was just creasing and I yeah. was just sending you pictures of it, wasn't I? I'm pretty sure at one point when I was living with you, you were watching those. And I think Probably. I was in the house when you were sending me these. <laughs> He's in the house. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, the Scooby-Doo yeah. pictures are coming from inside of the house. <laughs> so yeah, for family-friendly, definitely Scooby-Doo. Also one that's family-friendly, but also is family-based, which is one that I ha- almost had on my list, was Arachnophobia. Oh, classic. I've seen that. Jeff Daniels. I saw it years John ago. John Goodman. Um, yeah, if you hate spiders, it's going to creep you out to hell. It is very like claustrophobic film, yeah. but it's also quite funny and lighthearted, and it's nothing like... You don't really see any major deaths. The worst thing you see is mainly people kind of a little bit disfigured or in a yeah. web. You know? And it, the gross thing about it is spiders are, are just absolute bastards that can get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those films where if you watch it, you'll be convinced that there's a spider crawling on you. Yeah, or there'll yeah. be a spider it somewhere. Those, it's yeah. one of those. Uh, one of the films that I was going to recommend, it was going to be my second recommendation um, because I'm quite big on kind of horror comedy. I think if done well, it can blend really well. The One of the films I was going to recommend was Happy Death Day. 
Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So this is a nice. That's kind of a. Co- I'd say almost a comedy slasher horror. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 if you've seen the butterfly effect, then you yeah. you know stick a serial killer in that and you've got this it's about a, a bit of a yeah, it's, a bit it's of a bitch day, it's it? groundhog day but yeah, a woman keeps dying it. and she keeps coming back and i have a bit of a soft spot for that film because kind of a while ago i was going through a, a quite a depressive period you know yeah. let's get heavy for a minute <laughs> and um I, w- I was off work and i hadn't seen anyone for ages and you know one of my one of my close friends adu uh, who I used to work with and you know now we're just close friends he actually messaged me and hadn't seen him for ages and he was like should we go watch a film and yeah. I was like look I'll just see whatever and we went to see Happy Death Day yeah. and uh, we saw it in the cinema and not only did I find it was like an just a really great fun film but yeah, that so that's fun. just got like an another little thing for me yeah. Just to seal it in, you know. Yeah, it is a film. I really, I remember really enjoying it and being really surprised because I thought, oh, it's it's a, it's a silly concept. And this is when Bloomhouse were doing. They do some fantastic films, but they also do some quick, low budget made, they kind do, of throwaway yeah. flicks. You know yeah. what I mean? Some of them aren't all like perfect. Um, and this is what I kind of thought it fall into. But I was like, I like the idea of the concept. It sounds fun. It's not yeah. too definitely. If you're a beginner for horror films, this is a good intro. Kind of is in between that kind of teen horror, yeah, fun. You know, you're gonna leave happy. That's yeah. the thing, and that was what I liked about it. It wasn't anything like spectacular, but it was exactly what you needed. It was fun. It's what yeah. you needed. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you know, if you if you get a blender and you put Groundhog Day, you put Mean Girls, and you put Scream into it, you're gonna come out with Happy Death Day. Yeah. Um, and it it's a great film. But these are not our recommendations. No, we have three recommendations each for you. Um, we haven't told each other the recommendations. We've set ourselves no big hitters, so no S word, no H word, no Nightmare on Elm Street, no, uh, well, no. Friday the 13th, none of the yeah. big hitters. Kind of, some of the ones we mentioned a second ago are all kind of ones that we were just like, yeah, go and see them, but they're not all the ones, a lot of people saw some of those films, yeah. so if you've never seen them, go and see them. But we wanted to go right on to ones that... The budget was maybe like a bit high and it didn't really perform and not many people saw it. Maybe it's ones that we just know that have just been forgotten about over time. Yeah. It's like no one talks about these films anymore. It might be ones that some people don't like. We actually love. Yeah. That kind of I think I've got a nice mix of those in mind and might even be ones that are so bad that they're good. Are oh, beautiful. And we, we another rule that we said is you can't have all the films from the same genre. So they have to be from a different yeah. genre. So mix it who, up. Who wants to go first, me or you? Bobby, you go. I'll go first. You've got a nice starter there. I've got yeah, I've got the a, one that I accidentally saw. We weren't meant to see these beforehand, <laughs> but Bobby did send me it because I I'm the I'm the printer. You are the printer, <laughs> and um, I check it all through and put it into like finish off the plans in a nice little way. And I saw Bobby's right at the top. There was no way of people <laughs> to see it and not print it, so we hadn't really thought that through that when, little bit. As soon as I sent it, because when we were driving here in the car, Seb was like, "I thought you would have, you know, maybe put." Dropped it a page or something like or that. Or take the title or off. Take the title off. You know. And I was like, nah. And then I just thought, oh shit, I probably should have done that. Because he's literally put the title of the film bigger than the rest of it. So the first figure I go to is <laughs> the title of the film. So tell us about your film. So the first film that I've got is Sleepy Hollow from 1999. Never um, would have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this film, so directed by Tim Burton uh, and starring. Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci, Michael Gambon, 
um, Christopher Walken and Casper Van Dien, who's obviously the Starship Trooper. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never, I always forget he's in this film. I, I didn't realize he was in that film. No, no. Me. Yeah. <laughs> but he's an absolute chad. Um, <laughs> so the plot summary of this film, because we're going to try not to give you any spoilers, no. just a brief no spoilers, plot summary. Bobby. <laughs> yeah. So for the plot summary, uh, police constable Ichabod Crane is sent from New York City to the small village of Sleepy Hollow to investigate a string of murders. And these murders are believed to have been committed by the legendary Headless Horseman. So why did I choose this film and kind of what makes this film great? Well, the film has a great sense of atmosphere, kind of blending the supernatural with a a slight slasher film feel. um, And it's set to kind of a gothic backdrop. Yeah, Tim Burton's fantastic at that. He literally is probably the master of that gothic backdrop, isn't he? Blending that kind of different worlds together with that backdrop is... yeah, and I know Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, obviously, you know, they're, they're, very, they're well-known close friends and collaborators. Um, it, it is a bit of a joke these days. Like, if Tim Burton announces a film, you're kind of like, who's Johnny Depp playing? Who's yeah. Helena Bottom Carter Who's he going to play? You know? yeah. um, but at this time, you know, they were, I would say that they are arguably both at the height of their careers. So Yeah, coming yeah. off of, like, Edward Scissorhands yeah. and, yeah. So Burton had done Batman, and I believe Batman returns at this time did he do batman returns yeah he did yeah. Batman. so returns. he did the two batman films he did nightmare before christmas beetlejuice and edward scissorhands and johnny depp had done some of was probably at the peak of his acting career you know he yeah. did um oh, fuck, what did he do he did edward scissorhands he um, did um, yeah he did ed donnie was it donnie brasco I donnie think brasco done... yeah 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. That was in his peak. <laughs> um, yeah, that was his TV show. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, he was kind of at the height of his acting powers for me. Yeah. I think a couple of years later, he, he'd he exploded with Jack Sparrow. Oh, he did, yeah. But this is kind of, for me, this is where Johnny Depp's at his best, where he's not quite that indie oh, know, yeah, darling anymore. Following Jack Sparrow was kind of what started to lead him into, I've got such freedom to do any character I want, yeah. that it no longer worked as well as it did in the late 90s to yeah. early early 2000s yeah and in like in this film which is yeah yeah and uh the whole film kind of has um you know an overwhelming halloween feeling to it because of that gothic backdrop there's a great scene at a church where you know and it's it's just got some you know great action and horror set pieces whilst also blending in some dark humor which for the most part i think lands yeah, I mean, I I remember this film literally when I was a kid. This was one. Of the, I remember this as probably one of the like earlier ones. I definitely remember in my not my te- not even my teens yet when I was watching this film. It, it did used to be on a fair amount, so I do remember watching it quite a lot. But then it is one of those that yeah, I've kind of completely forgot it existed. Yeah, and I don't think it's seen as one of the like the. I'd say it probably is like a mix. Like so, some people love it, some people thought it didn't like wasn't perfect for the source material things like that he yeah, did his own twisted vision well it's of it, based on like, that's what he does short story or something like that but yeah i mean and the, uh, i looked into the story when it was kind of you know when i was looking at putting the research together for it and you know call me out if i'm wrong but it's you know the the original story kind of hints at a headless horseman but it's actually um like a, yeah. a one man who's just killed his uh, somebody's had an argument with so yeah the, and it's just it's a it's 
kind of you know it's just it is kind of that it's more of a yeah it's more subtle um yeah. i i've read that a long time ago it, is it the tale of Ichabod crane is it actually called the tale of it's called that. I um it's i know called. that there happens to be, be there's a disney version of this which oh, i wow. didn't realize <laughs> for a long time there is a disney ver- a short disney film called the tale of Ichabod crane where it does have the headless horseman and things like that but it's very subtle and things like that because they used to adapt loads of books yeah, early did, on um so i can completely believe it was subtle and tim burton had to take a lot of you know his own qualities into bringing it to life because yeah. there's not too much to the source material. No, there's not. Um, um, but Tim Burton really fleshes it out. Uh, the practical effects in this film are great. It's not overly gory, but it's kind of enough to satisfy that bloodlust that kind of Halloween. Yeah, I do remember thinking at times it was a little bit like tame, although the suspense was very good. Yeah, the suspense is good, and Danny out. You know, for the for the kind of original soundtrack nerds out there like me, you know, if you if you listen to our previous episodes, you know that I love soundtracks yeah and danny elfman kind of delivers a great score throughout the whole film oh yeah um, this was danny elfman at his peak that's yeah. when he done it done superman it, no, yeah not, he did, but it, he i know that batman. was john williams sorry yeah, john williams batman. was there superman i meant batman nightmare i think he did nightmare before christmas soundtrack as well he did yeah you yeah because that was tim that was that was a tim burton presents though wasn't it yeah like, I it wasn't think he it was henry it, selick who did yeah. um the directing but that's another good recommendation, but it decides whether you put that into Halloween category or, <laughs> or the Christmas category. It's, yeah. a, it's a fight that will never end. But my first one <laughs> to kind of kick off the horror would be Sleepy Hollow, 1999. What's your first one, Seb? My first one. So my first one is... And you're you're gonna love this, I think. Trolls Two. Oh yeah, it had to come up. <laughs> I thought about it. it in my head, but I thought. You know what? You need a film, an icebreaker when you're doing a little horror fun recommendations. You need an icebreaker where all of you can sit around with all of your friends kind of thing. Not that that's socially distanced right now. Sit, uh, sit with six of your friends. Six of your friends, away. you know, from two households or whatever it is. Yeah. And you can uh, enjoy a film together with a couple of beers. And trust me, when we watched this many years ago now with several of our friends all watching around, I'm not sure I've ever enjoyed a night oh. so much as watching a horror film. I mean, a horror film is kind of this is a, this is not exactly a in any means a good horror film. This is probably the best worst horror film well, they of made all a film time. Called the best, worst the best horror worst. Film. Yes, there is a documentary all about how bad this film is. Yeah, um, and just as a little side story, was because I spoke to Sam, who's a, who's one of our close friends, and we used to do this challenge where we would have to go into CEX with about five pounds. And we would have to buy as many cheap horror movies as we could. And one night we would kind of binge watch them. Um, it was uh, it was great. We watched uh, a film called Dragon Wars, which had Craig Robinson in. And it was the highest budget film out of <laughs> South Korea or something like yeah. that. And it was the weirdest fucking film ever. But we did this thing where you have five pounds, you buy the weirdest horror films you can get. We watched one about like a... Uh, bear i think it was just called bear <laughs> i think yeah we've got there there are some fantastic best worst ones and i do remember us always having a like who can find the next one that we're going to watch and enjoy but i'm not sure we, i ever enjoyed one as much as trolls 2 oh, trolls but some of them like zombie and things like that it's just yeah. awful films but there's an enjoy there's something enjoyable about it but i think the reason that this one was so contended was because the people who set out to make it didn't ex- didn't set out to make a bad film like some of those other films are intended to be you know b-movie schlock 
they intended to make a sequel to a film, which then this isn't even really a sequel <laughs> to that film. So let's just go back to Trolls 2. So the director is Claudio Fragasso, although he in this film, because of how bad the film was, went under a, a, a pseudonym. Drake Floyd is what it goes for because he didn't want his name anywhere because thought this will end my career completely, which I think it pretty much did. Um, and then it's starring people who you've probably never heard of. So Michael Stevenson, George Hardy, Mar- Margot Prey, Connie McFarland, Deborah Reed and Jason Wright. We can say that these actors are not exactly top form. This was fairly low budget. Um, so the plot summary is... A family vacationing in a small town discovers the entire town is inhabited by goblins <laughs> in disguise as humans who plan to eat them. So it's basically vegetarian goblins <laughs> who seek to mutate them into plants so that they can eat them. That's pretty much about do you, it. Do you remember the name of the town? Nilbog. Nilbog. <laughs> yeah, Nilbog. We love... Oh, yeah, Nilbog. <laughs> Oh, Goblin backwards. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> if you look on our Twitter and you look at our location, it's Nilbog. Yeah, Nilbog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, do you remember? Was it Grandpa Charlie or something like that in this yeah. film as well? God, Grandpa it's Charlie. It's so. Oh my god. So we love. Yeah, we love this film so much, and um, I don't know many who've seen it though. I've I know many who've heard of it but never seen it, and it's not that easy to get a copy of. To be fair, I did. I think I have a copy on Apple that I somehow got that stayed on there forever. But I think it was a, a lot the old back back alley yeah. pirates because we, we were seeking for this film because we saw a clip on YouTube, yeah. which again, if you can't find it, at least seek out it on YouTube and find the parts <laughs> of it because the, I mean, it's literally one of the best scenes ever, isn't it? Yeah. Where the, where this is one of the characters going, basically he's looking upon a troll, not to say spoilers, but I'm going to say this line purely because it will drop you in yeah. where he goes, they're eating her. And, and then, then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I the mean, best thing is he's, when he's looking at it and he says, oh, my God, they're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. <laughs> and then when, the, when, when it comes back to him where he does that scream, he has a fly on his head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, th- this film has the continuity, the trolls change constantly they all look in weird different forms you can tell that they had serious production budget problems because they literally some of them were just the masks are just they keep changing and you look at them and you're like i think there's like a real googly-eyed one where yeah. we were always looking out for like look at that little freak <laughs> one back there there was one which was really good yeah they had like we spent all the budget yeah like that. to do one mask and they're yeah. like shit oh, we no. need like 40 50 of these masks and oh the <laughs> acting is awful and but I can't tell you, I can't recommend this film enough to yeah. just to just enjoy with a couple of beers on a night. Um, it's a great film to it kick It is Halloween seriously off great. With. And yeah, it would be a fun way to start off your night if you're starting to look a little bit. It's tame in terms of horror, but it's so fucking weird. It is, man. Yeah. And it just, it, I the plot summary I gave to you is pretty much the most I can do without the convoluted mess that comes with it where they've just edited it together in bits. But yeah, <laughs> go and find this film. weird... It's like the costumes are like some weird leftover from like Willy Wonka or something where it went wrong and they were like mutated <laughs> and it was like these are the, destroy these monsters. But yeah. But Drake Floyd was like, no. I'll yeah. Have these. <laughs> I'll have them all. Yeah. So that is my number one. And that is a good one to kick it off. It is a beautiful um, one. But my palate cleanser comes in 
second, uh, which is The Babysitter 2017. Oh, yes. This was originally going to be Happy Death Day, but I was I was jumping between the two. Um, and this is a Netflix film. Yeah. Um, a Netflix original. They recently released uh, a sequel called The Babysitter Killer Queen. Yeah. Which was, it was all right. It was fun. It wasn't quite as good as the first one. The first one yeah, really caught me. Yeah. Is, is it? Yeah, it's, it's all not... right. It's worth watching. Yeah. The first one caught me off guard so yeah. much because I expected kind of like an okay film. Netflix originals are relatively, for the most part, okay, you know. Yeah. But I actually really enjoyed this film. It's directed by a man who is simply known as McG. Yeah, <laughs> McG. Which I I don't know how he managed that. <laughs> like, I don't know how you. I think he's very much deemed as a, like a, a bit of a. He's like a Michael Bay or a <laughs> yeah. Paul Anderson. You know, uh, yeah. he's like a yeah. He does a couple of okay films, and now he just does mainly like trash or easy to watch kind of yeah. throwaway films. Which this film is not he, really. It's one of the better ones I've seen of his. To be fair, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I've even seen any Mook G films. Apart he did from this. Terminator Salvation was his film, That's which it wasn't bad. It was decent. <laughs> it was one of the, I actually themes. think it was a better of one of the sequels because they were mainly trash as well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on the movie. That's not ter- Terminator. Yeah. Terminator. I will rage. Um, and this film is starring Samara Weaving, uh, Judah Lewis, Robbie Amell, Hannah May Lee, and Bella Thorne. So the yeah. plot summary for this film is uh, when pre-teen Cole's parents go for an overnight trip, they hire his babysitter, B, who is played by Samara Weaving. Cole and B spend the day together before Cole gets put to bed as B invites her friends over. Um, Cole's friends text him to kind of check on what B's doing and see, you know, what they're up to. Um, and they discover that B and her friends are part of a satanic cult and that they actually need uh, a sacrifice. And just the, the whole film is just so fun. Um, it is, yeah. For me, the film is it's kind of like a great horror comedy. And, the, and lots of the uh, the characters from the satanic cult workers are great tongue-in-cheek characters of kind of high school slash college tropes. So you have B, who, who is obviously the Queen Bee. <laughs> you have, I can't remember the actor's name, but you kind of have like the black guy who's supposed to be really cool and hip. You have Bella Fawn, who's like, who who is so hot and she's like the bitchy kind of cheerleader you have the kooky you know hannah may lee who's like the kooky kind of hipster weirdo and then you have robbie a mel yeah who has apparently been cast as chris redfield in the new resident evil film That's the true, only yeah. one i'm casting i like but robbie a mel who who plays like this absolute chad jock and just is always shirtless yeah. and, it, and it's never explained and it's just so hilarious <laughs> um and a majority of the film kind of plays out as a bit of like a cat and a mouse chase between a terrified cole who kind of doesn't really know what's going on or what he's doing and it's just a he's like 12 years old and this in over the head cult members yeah you know and uh it's got samara weaving kind of um yeah, is, yeah. Samara know. Even's really good. She's great. I, I and I imagine I know she's not back for the sequel. Um no. as far as I'm aware anyway. She wasn't in the promotional stuff anyway. No. Um so and she's kind of what made me really like the first one. Yeah. Was because she was just her like her chemistry on screen, she was just so good and switch like there's a bit of a switch in the film, isn't there? Yeah. And she is fantastic on both sides of the characters she kind of plays in that yeah. film. And I think she's probably got a you know, I can see her trajectory, tra- trajectory, trajectory, trajectory yeah. yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I could see her kind of becoming a bit of a horror icon. 
Yeah, she's know, she, she was did in ready, ready or, or not. not. Yeah, um, I think she's she's yeah. just been in Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music. Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music. Yeah. I think she's got a couple more horror films in production. Um, but you know, she really she, she's shown yeah. she's very very good. I, she may even be able to break out beyond Possibly, horror, which is yeah. a nice trope because it's str- some of them struggle to do that. Yeah, and I think you know, for me, Samara Weaving, Robbie A. Mel's character is just hilarious. Yeah, and I know I know some people hate on Bella Thorne, but I thought she was great in it. You know? Oh yeah, she's because I think it plays pretty well to her. Her like, strength. Her strength seems to be playing a bitchy character is pretty good yeah. for her. And she, you know, she's great. The deaths in the film look great and kind of play out hilariously oh, yeah. well. It, they never quite reach the, the gross out factor, you know, to the point where you're like... No. You, they you don't, don't fully show them. some of them. There's one... There's, there's one... Because we... We watched this together. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we did. did. Um, so I remember <laughs> I watching it. Yeah, we did watch this together. And I remember there's, uh, without any spoilers, there's one character's death who were like, oh my God, that was that was almost like harsh. Yeah. Like the death that they get in it. And I, you might might find it when it happens. But yeah, it is just, oh, you were both but sat there going. That. Like, a lot of them have a, a kind of, it's not like a gross up, but it's a bit of a wince or a bit yeah, of it's like, like a, oh, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, and, oh, God, Robbie Amell's character is just amazing. You know, he's just such a chad. I love that. <laughs> and the film, kind of, for me, uh, that's why I put my, you know, my horror comedy second, because it works as kind of a palate cleanser for me. Yeah, So yeah. you open up with Sleepy Hollow, which is kind of, like, gothic, and it's not overly gory, but it sets the tone. You, uh, you come in with the babysitter, you know, a bit of a palate cleanser, have a bit of a laugh, and then we'll go on to the final recommendation. But before we get there, we need to take a stop at Epo Town. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't, I don't really know if I thought about my nice free films uh, in the right way. Maybe I would have done Trolls Two as more of a little palate cleanser in the middle because the first one, uh, my second one, is actually a bit of a bit of a harder hitter. So the, my second one is The Orphanage, which is a Spanish um, horror film. It's a supernatural horror. Um, it's directed by J.A. Bayona, um, who did films like The Impossible, A Monster Calls, and he also did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom recently. Uh, he's got a pretty great track record, and this is was a Guillermo del Toro Presents. Ah, okay. um, I don't think I need to say who Guillermo del Toro is, although if you want a great like mixed genre sci- sci-fi fantasy horror, then Pan's Labyrinth is fantastic yeah. for that. It's an amazing looking film. And Crimson Peak as well, man. If you yeah. want a bit of gothic in there, Crimson Peak is always good. Oh, yeah. That's a lovely little one. Um, I mean, I've got the, the starring list of this film, <laughs> and I'm looking at it going, I'm about to butcher like five, six people's names. Yeah. Well, when we did um, when we did it, the first In Memoriam, I butchered plenty of you know South yeah. Korean names. So this now it's your fit, turn yeah. to take something. So uh, Belen Ruda uh, plays a character called Laura. Uh, Fernando Keo as her husband, uh, Carlos, and Roger Persep as their adopted son, Simon. Uh, The plot summary is, um, a woman named Laura purchases her beloved childhood orphanage with dreams of restoring and reopening the long-abandoned facility as a place for disabled children. Once there, Laura discovers that the new environment awakens her son's imagination, but... The ongoing fantasy games he plays with an invisible friend quickly turn into something more disturbing. Upon seeing her family increasingly threatened by the strange occurrences in the house, Laura looks to a group of parapsychologists for help in unravelling the mystery that has been taken over the place. 
So as I said, um, this is kind of my. I had a kind of. I, I wanted to make sure I included a bit of a foreign pick choice in yeah. this one, and I remember watching this um, in 2007 in the cinema. First time I'd got my little over here, Cineworld. Oh well. Rip. rip for now yeah, rip. um we have uh, an unlimited card and i had one when i was a kid so i think i was just about old enough to have i was only about 15 and this was one of the first horror i got to watch in the cinema like at that age yeah and it's such it's a suspenseful creepy slow build uh, you know i mentioned hill house before and it is that kind of ghost story it's like um so in terms of like the book is kind of i'd say it's very based on turn of a screw which is a book also you might have seen films like the others with no yeah. kid nicole kidman film and it's kind of got that kind of creepy vibe although i say it's a lot that, creepier than that film is that's also a spanish film as well that is based on a spanish film isn't it yeah, yeah. um so I, obviously this is um a spanish horror subtitled i know you have a bit of a so you're getting better with your yeah, subtitles. Yeah, I'm getting you? there. I'm getting, getting a big there. boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming a big boy. I'm learning to read. <laughs> um, but yeah, this has just those beautiful, creepy visuals where things are just in the dark in the background, creeping along, and you kind of got to keep your eye on them. Um, but also, it has this the, the creepy child, which is a child with like a sack over his head. Yeah, in the orphan, which is the visuals that it gives of him is really what adds to that creepiness. I remember seeing the trailer for this because I yeah. think it came out around the same time as the orphan. Um, oh yeah, yeah that, that one's film? yeah. That I remember. I haven't seen that one actually, uh, but I remember watching one. the trailer for yeah. that one as well. Yeah, and they came out around the same time, I roughly believe. And I've seen that. I've definitely seen the trailer for the orphanage, but I never watched it. I think it might have gone. It might have gone you know an american remake maybe yeah but i never watched it but i, I remember seeing the trailer and i remember seeing the the sack head boy and yeah, yeah it is really images. it makes you uneasy because it is a child and it's an orphanage so you can guess kind of where the supernatural goes where it's kind of going yeah with who they are so it does give you kind of uneasiness and if if you know Guillermo del Toro's work this is kind of why it says present although he produced it it was very much like a film that he was going to make himself kind of thing yeah. but by that point he was already kind of on to some bigger picks so he kind of put this aside for a, an up-and-coming director who's now be- Jay Bayon is becoming quite a big you yeah, know star in his yeah, own he's right working on Jurassic Jurassic World yeah pretty yeah Fallen Kingdom which was not the not the best of the sequels but you know it had good visuals and you can see where the creepy horror thing because that was very much based in like that's almost like it's own like haunted house film but with a with an Indoraptor so I did enjoy that in that film too and the visuals are quite there's actually quite similar visuals obviously that was a bigger budget than this one (laughs) there's a dinosaur just a a random dinosaur that's the that's the twist in this film a Jeff Goldblum and yes there is a very good twist in this film um it makes so i think because it's an orphanage of it's like it, it it's a bit more than just when it's a normal haunted house because you do feel a bit uneasy and you do have this growing list of children but then there's also the thing of uh with, with the the main character the main thing it plays on is it used to be her orphanage as it said in the plot oh, okay. summary and it is kind of a is it is it a real is it not yeah and we're not going to go any more into that <laughs> but um you do f- truly feel sorry for these things that are possible ghosts and what happened in her, her past and it does quite ni- nicely flesh out the stories of the background of these image these visuals that she's seeing um so yeah if you want a film that has some great jump scares but you also liked you like a film that kind of has a lot more backed up in like strong character development 
with a range of different fa- like fantastic visuals. It makes such a creepy setting, as you can imagine an old yeah. versus orphanage would. <laughs> yeah, a creepy orphanage, um, man. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and if you like, uh, if you like to hear that you've got a little twist ending coming your way, you might like to. There's nothing more fun than trying to be like, "There's a twist ending." What's the twist? Some people that ruins it now, where they're like. I'm only going to be thinking about the twist ending now. Yeah. So I might have done, that, that might be on the edge. Yeah. yeah. A bit yeah. of that. A bit Too of M. Night Sandman. But still, if you like that, and there are some people that love it more just because they think something's coming, then you're going to love this film. Bobby, okay. over to you. So now this is the, the final recommendation. So this is what I would be ending the night with. Um, and it is Creep from 2004. And yeah. not uh, yeah. to be confused with... Uh, the other film known as Creep, which I believe was kind of early 2010s, around that. Um, this film, man, is super creepy. I remember it when I was young. If, you, if you're kind of British and you were kind of growing up around 2004 or you were into your horrors, then you might know this one. Um, I always remember that the the poster image and the box art was a picture of, you know, the, the London Underground like train, one yeah. of the trains, and then a bloody hand against it, you know? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I know I know the poster. I can think of visuals of the film. I think I've seen bits of it on TV, but yeah. I've never watched the full film. So it's quite nice that both of our second <laughs> yeah. ones we've never seen them. So yeah, I'm excited go. to hear more. So the director of this film is uh Christopher Smith. And it is an English-German uh, horror film. Um, it's starring Franca Potent, uh, Ken Campbell, Faz Blackwood, Jeremy Sheffield, and Sean Harris. Um, I've you know haven't seen them in anything since, uh, but the film itself is um, it's just a very interesting film. So a, a brief plot summary. I can sum sum this up in one or two lines. Uh, a woman going to a party accidentally falls asleep waiting for a train in the London Underground. She awakens to find that someone or something is stalking her. Hmm. And it's, I mean, you know, why did I choose this film? Because originally I was thinking of going for The Fly. You know, the remake of The Fly. Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum. slowly morphing into a fly. <laughs> Gross, beautiful, beautiful film. <laughs> and then I was in CX and I was kind of looking around for some, you know, blu rays to collect and stuff like that. And I, you know, I, I walked past this film and I looked at it and I was like wow i i remember my brother chris getting this uh when it came out on dvd i remember watching it and it terrifying me so i went you know that and then like a week went by and we were coming up with this episode so i went into town but cx was closed so i ended up getting it off amazon prime and watching it for the first time in about 15 years or you know 16 years actually yeah and man it's just so great the opening of the film really sets the tone uh, it's creepy, it's dirty, and it's just kind of gritty through and through. Um, Franca Potence Kate, Franca Potence Kate, uh, that's what I meant to say, works <laughs> out really well as a kind of final girl. Um, she's, you know, she is a final girl in all the aspects of it, but she's actually quite unlikable. Um, she's horrible to the homeless people throughout this film. She okay. snubs people. She's just generally a bit of a dickhead. Um, <laughs> and an interesting mix of uh, supporting characters kind of flesh the film out. There's not many characters in this film, but the ones that are in it are actually quite fleshed out. Um, it's a good genuine mix of kind of tension building. It's got a mixture of jump scares and some really kind of gritty, gross violence. Um, the kills in the film are well done. 
there's a really gross scene kind of towards the end um and it's very long it's very drawn out i want to talk about it but i can't <laughs> i can um, tell it i can bubble in it like i'm looking at his yeah. face going yeah oh, there's something he wants to yeah. reveal to it's you all so grim and it's one of those ones where you're you're watching it through the you know through your fingers and yeah. for me to be kind of grossed out and actually think fuck this is grim and sick is quite a feat <laughs> so well done <laughs> um the film has a, an actually has a genuinely interesting villain um and the and only kind of vaguely hints at his motivation and origin um sometimes for the best that yeah and the, it works your own well image yeah it works well as a as a part slasher part creature feature i mean i've always kind of kind of find that the london underground is always a bit creepy anyway you know yeah it's always a bit it definitely somewhere that you wouldn't want to be by yourself i mean yeah. i even imagine i wouldn't want to be a person who's getting on late at night just me yeah with an empty you know an empty yeah. tube would just be i think that would be probably one of the creepiest scenarios you yeah. can be in in general and um it, it kind of has a low budget and almost like you know a, a bit of a video nasty feel to it but updated yeah so it's kind of a bit it's a bit like texas chainsaw where you watch it and it just feels a bit dirty you know yeah um, but i kind of think that it, it's a hidden gem of kind of british horror you know i'd recommend a lot of people to watch it i don't think it did well at the box office and you know it didn't do well kind of, it did all right no, i'm pretty sure it's, it's a pretty under like you normally see it quite late night on tv over here so. in, in the uk if you see it at all yeah, i think i've caught it it was years ago when i caught parts of it and it was already part of the way through the film so i yeah. didn't want to ruin it for myself but i've never yeah. revisited it but it it's definitely really I can... um and it's it kind of works great to give frights but also gives a bit of insight into some often unpraised and unheard horror and it, and for ending a horror fawn on quite a high note i think that works really well yeah okay sounds good to me i have to check that one out uh right on to my third and final recommendation for the night uh, I guess yours went a little bit kind of creepy. I kind yeah. of don't know why I got a feeling yours has a bit of a dark ending. Might leave you on a bit of a sour, bitter note, maybe. Might be wrong there. <laughs> um, but uh, I wanted mine to be, I'm more thinking of a group of friends or things like that, kind of enjoying a bit of creep, a bit of yeah. a jump and a bit of fun. And mine's a little bit more lighthearted. And mine is The Faculty. Oh, yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Man, I love that film. Yeah, so do I. But I, again, it's something that a lot of people... Um, it's got a bit of a mixed bag. I think a bit like your Sleepy Ho Hollow at the start. It's a bit of a, some people love it. Some people think yeah. it wasn't great. But Robert Rodriguez, who I, I think is a great director anyway, yeah. again, he gets a lot of a mixed bag because he has an odd sense of humour in some ways. And an odd um, style as well. He does indeed. And I've literally got, the funny enough, the first one I've got on my list of what he's made before, if you're unsure, is Spy Kids for some reason. <laughs> that, apparently that's the film that defines him, Spy Kids. Um, which again is a very weird kids film. Yeah, and um, it also has machete in. Yeah, it does. <laughs> which canonizes the Spy Kids <laughs> and Machete take place in the same universe, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> um, obviously, in more horror terms, From Dust Till Dawn is yeah. his major, like, that is such a good horror film. Again, check that one out if you haven't seen it. Um, Sin City and the Mexico trilogy, which kind of kicked him off originally, yeah, which is Desperado and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, which are really good action films. Antonio Banderas, baby. Um, so... Uh, the faculty it kind of stars a pretty big like who's who of like teens from yeah, that like era 
Um, it has. It was written by Kevin Williamson, so we are jumping back on the screen there. Yeah, the S <laughs> word. And um, directed by again Robert Rodriguez and starring Elijah Wood. Yeah. Our little Frodo, uh, Josh Hartnett. Holler back to H two O. Yeah, uh, Sean Hatsey, Jordana Brewster, Clear Duvall, Laura Harris, Robert Patrick, and this was T2. kind of off the back of a couple of years later after T two, wasn't it? Oh yeah, uh, well this was 1998 and T2 was uh, 91, I yeah. think. So yeah, um, Robert Patrick, I think he plays like a coach in the film. Yeah, he's the coach. Um, um, Frankie uh, Janison, who you'll know as from X-Men. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's loads. John and Stewart, Salma Hayek Usher. in this film as well. Usher, yes. I believe Usher is in this film. I f- believe his name's on this list, but he's got a different name here, so I don't actually know. <laughs> I didn't check what his actual name what was. What's Usher's real name? <laughs> and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna guess which his name no. is. Like, yeah, we're not gonna play some iffy yeah. guessing game with <laughs> yeah, names right now. Not. Um, so let's go to the plot summary. Um, like so many schools today, Heriton High has passed its prime. Its walls are grimy. Its textbooks are outdated. Its teachers burned out. Yet its corridors are packed with the future of America. Did you say corridors. Le- I did say corridors. <laughs> corridors. <laughs> corridors are packed with the future of America. Loners, leaders, hipsters, nerds, brains, and jocks. Like teenagers everywhere, they struggle with parents who don't get it, teachers who've never had it, and hormones that won't quit. But the students at Harrington High face a greater challenge, saving the world from alien domination. Which makes it sound very much like a sci-fi film, but I do, it is more of a sci-fi horror because it's got yeah. quite a body horror kind it of is, feature it? about it. But again, as I said, it's lighthearted. It's fun. Yeah. Um, it, this is, yeah, it is, it's a great kind of invasion of the body snatches. It's even got a bit of the thing kind of all thrown yeah. into there. Um, and it is kind of a, the fun thing about it is it's guess whose bodies have been invaded by these creatures. It's yeah. a big part of the film. I remember watching this when it came out um, on video. So yeah. if you know, before we, you know, me and my family would go to the local video shop, we would rent films. And I remember renting this and watching it with my family. And it's stuck in me ever since then. Yeah. I love this film. Man. I really do love this film. And I do, but I do find like, at first I thought, oh, is it too well known as loads of people? But I do feel like it's got really forgotten as a horror. And when I look yeah. back and saw how many negative reviews it got, I was like, I mean, I can't say it's a perfect film, no. but it is. But it's good. It's fun. It's It's a fun fun film with a good cast. Yeah. And I think there's a lot more to this cast because of the excellent cast of, as we said, 90 stars. um, It literally, it allows for them, they kind of have to play multiple roles in this film as well. They kind of have to play like a version of themselves that kind of knows whether they are or aren't something, you know, with this body snatcher kind of element to it. And it kind of allows lots of characters because they become like a... um, they kind of turn into the ultimate versions of themselves when, you know, when these aliens come around. And that's not really, you know, to say it's a body horror film and it's about aliens possibly taking over bodies. It's not a spoiler to say that some people get taken over yeah, by the aliens. I mean, that's, Otherwise it'd be yeah. a bad, bad <laughs> film. Just one alien. It's just teased you with one alien throughout, you know, it's not E.T. <laughs> Who could be the alien? No, none of us. Yeah, um, and, and they kind of become their, like, alpha selves. Yeah, that's They really kind of become, cool. like... So, you know, if it's like nerds, they become like jock characters. They're yeah. kind of really confident. The nerdy females become like these sex symbols, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, and they get to play both roles of that, which I think is really cool. And I think you get a clear sense of what each of the characters are. 
Yeah. So each character is, they are kind of divided by their stereotypes, but that's kind of the point, yeah, is that the there point. are these stereotypes and groups. I put gangs here. I said clicks and gangs, but gangs <laughs> makes me think of Guys like, and girls. it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, on the street corner. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, El- I'm, I'm thinking Wood of Always Sunny and, and like I'm thinking clicking. of Frank Reynolds and his little gang. Like, oh, the, what are they called? The, the doo-wap the, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, like that. <laughs> And, and Ernie dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking of that in my head. Um, but yeah, and back to the cast. Porky I mean, Josh Hartnett's really much. good in this film. We're off track now. Porky never spoke much, but he had his own the touch. lyricist of Rob Key. Yeah, what, was it? Oh, what were they called? The, I'm just kind of thinking I about that. I can't remember. Now. I can't remember what they were called in the episode. But I know Hawkey dies. If you don't watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I mean, one, watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and two, you have no idea what's happening right yeah. now. <laughs> Sorry, Seb. I got too carried away in the it's music. It's all right. Don't <laughs> bring up Always Sunny again. Yeah. <laughs> Note for the future. Um, what did I, say? I said Josh Hartnett, Josh Hartnett is really good in this film. Yeah. Was I this think. what launched him? Uh, no, because um, well, it's about the same time as H2O, but he'd been in some yeah, other I little flicks did, before I think this. he did this before H2O. Yeah, I mean, it released the same year. I don't, yeah. I don't, um, actually, no, I think that, well, in terms of release, this was released after. Oh, because it? I've got okay. a weird thing that this film, it didn't do amazingly at the box office, um, but it was released on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Like, I was just like, for this film, this doesn't make any sense to be a film released on Christmas Day or in the Christmas period. You know what I mean? But then January can be a dumping ground for films. So I guess that's kind of where. But for this, it's just not the right period for it. You know no. what I mean? And I think H2O did come out Halloween, obviously. Yeah, so this is, I, I was thinking, like, this is, why would you release it then? There's well, no wonder it didn't do very well. But they probably did, if it, if it was kind of produced by the same company, they wouldn't have wanted to have maybe two competing films yeah. in October. But then releasing a Halloween film or a horror film in Christmas. Christmas is not right, unless it's Black Christmas. Unless basically. it's Black Christmas. Yeah. Unless it's a Christmas themed horror like old Krampus. Yeah. Um, it's really weird. Man. But yeah, Josh, Josh Hartnett, he plays this like teen drug dealer. Um, but he's a really cool. I think he kind of makes you kind of want like you'd want to be that cool drug dealer. Isn't it? Yeah. He's not like a he's not like a ba- he doesn't come across as a bad guy at all though. Even though he is a drug dealer, and you know he plays a vital part of the plot as a drug dealer. Anyway, um, we've got Elijah Wood, pre Lord yeah. of the Rings, uh, who's basically his exact casting is perfect for what it is because he's is the bullied nerd. Yeah. Um, but it does also allow the film gives you a bit of empathy for the character. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he gets kind of because. The nice thing is that you have all of these different, you know, jocks and hipsters and all those kind of characters, nerds, but then they're all kind of pushed together yeah, as they start disappearing one by one. And yeah. it has lots of cool things like harking back to say the thing, that whole jumping blood kind of yes. the heat in the blood. It has the scenes it's kind similar, of like that, which if you enjoy that, it's really cool to see like play a guessing game of who is it? Who yeah. do you think it is? And it, it would make a really good like as a group of friends if you haven't seen this before. It would make a really good like first watch yeah, together. I think. It might make you paranoid about your friends. Like if one of them goes outside, you're <laughs> yeah. So who is he? Midway through watching after a couple of beers, they're just turning to to Rob, just going, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> <laughs> or if one of your if one of your friends coughs and you're like, "You have yeah. COVID." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Give me your blood. <laughs> Give me your blood. We, we need, need to check it. Yeah, we have to test him. <laughs> Go and grab me a hot pin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pin him down. Get him, boys. <laughs> Uh, but yeah I have a soft spot for this film really so do I man and I'm sure there's lots of people out there who probably have seen this film but if you haven't I'd definitely give it a recommend and I do think it is a great starter film 
if you've never seen them before as well. So I kind of put it into that category as well as if you're kind of not a big horror fan. Yeah. It's not overly horrific, although the special effects are... They, I, I've seen that. Really yeah, good. they were really good. Yeah, Some of them have still held up pretty well. Um, but yeah, there's such an array of characters and it balances it really nicely. It yeah. doesn't like you tip over, which films like this can when it's got too many characters stuffed in. But also means that for a horror film, if you've got a lot of characters, there's a lot of people who can come and go. Yeah. Um, and that's what's really nice about this film. Um, so yeah, that is my final recommendation there. That's yeah. my nice little ups and downs. I think I went a bit more like a really big high slash low in quality of a horror <laughs> film into like a, a probably a drop where you're kind of all paying attention to this horror in the middle of the orphanage and then it yeah. kind of rises back up to that group. So it was mainly group-based films with a little bit in the middle to just scare the hell out of you. Yeah, nice. And I think I just kind of, I brought you up brought you down with a little bit of a palate cleanser and then i brought you back up you know that's kind of how we like to do things here when we're thinking about this episode and next episode so next episode is going to be a little bit different yeah. um it's going to be very uh it's like an alternate world of cast me to hell so we're doing a nice little campfire stories next episode yeah. and this is our little bonus episode, and it will be dropping on Halloween. Yes, we are cordially inviting you to the uh, Cast Me to Hell uh, campsite, where you can join us around the fireplace to listen to some urban legends and some spooky stories to get you going. We've had so much fun kind of doing this podcast, uh, you know, since we started. I think we started about six weeks ago eight weeks ago yeah, maybe I've, I've kind of lost track but i know so it hasn't been I. that long but it, it feels like long. we're getting already getting quite a lot of fan like yeah. support and people who are watching it which is nice because we just made this for, like as fun yeah you know, we just wanted to do so together hang out you know ch- and like talk, have a chat talk. about films because that's what we do anyway yeah exactly we were like why not why not just get another one of our close friends on board get him to make a theme and just put, put a fucking podcast together exactly <laughs> yeah and halloween is such a big time of year for us we've had halloween parties for i can't even remember how since, many probably years since we met yeah since we met i mean yeah i always used to throw an annual halloween party yeah and obviously sadly this year it's a little bit yeah. different we can't really do what we'd normally do a no. nice little halloween kind well, of thing yeah well last year um you know i i actually hosted the the, the party so i took yeah. the liberty of naming it rob Keir presents <laughs> halloween a rob Keir production he did kind of jump on that it was technically actually a joint effort it was kind of, yeah that's why i had it opened up with rob Keir presents <laughs> halloween a rob Keir production and then it was co-hosted this That's is very it. much a like Guillermo del Toro presents the orphanage where someone else made it and did most did most of the putting up of the work and provided most of the other bits yeah. and then he just kind of puts his name I over the top like that. I'm the, I'm the star draw, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was a great, you know, that was a great Halloween party. But this year, obviously, with with the COVID going around, we can't do that. So we're just got to have a, a small group of six of us. We've got to get our we've got to get our dress up on we're still gonna do the dress even though it's a small small group yeah you might think ah it's only us or even if it's just you and someone else i still think do it get in a costume it's the one time you could just dress up and be so it completely different and we'll be posting pictures of what we look like and we hope that some of you will send us a pic of yeah, what you us. look like. We can't wait to see them. You know, um, we might have a little discussion about next week. Let's see yeah. what kind of ones we've seen. Yeah. Um, well, it's not next week. It's two weeks from now. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Because when we're recording this, well, if you don't know, we pre-record our episodes. Yeah. So this one will be out on Monday the 26th. 
So we we should probably pretend that it's coming that it's Halloween in a week or two. Yeah, this week, um, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, other the Halloween the, yeah. episode. So the We've Halloween behind episode the behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. So the Halloween episode will be out on Halloween, um, and we are inviting you to the Cast Me to Hell campfire. Uh, campfire. And tell some stories. Yes. So we will be trying our hardest, our hardest to stay into <laughs> characters and tell you some pure creepy storytelling. Yeah. So we hope that you'll join us on Halloween. Make sure you come and tell us what you thought of our campfire stories. And we are yeah. on. And let us know your Halloween recommendations as well. And what you feel of our ones. What we would recommend maybe would be listen to the uh, campfire special episode and then watch some of these films send us a picture of your uh, costume and let us know your recommendations we are over on twitter and instagram now at <laughs> cmth podcast and we will see you this saturday around the campfire Ooh.